All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Better late than never. Welcome. It's I like really like the Magnum Trawler. What do you think of this intro? Bag milk. This is Ceases. 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 <laughs> Ceases. Hi, Olivia Remchuk. This is so fucking sexy. Yes, he is. Ceases. We got a new intro here. Thank you to Surveyor Brett for putting this together. A better late than never. It is so fucking sexy. There you go. Brand new intro for Better Late Than Never, episode four. Thank you to Surveyor Brett for making that. That's fun. I like that. I like that a lot. And you know what? If you want to make me an intro, if you want to do that, if you want to jump in on this, then I encourage you to do so. I will play them. So for Surveyor Brett, I say thank you, sir. Thank you for making me that intro. I apologize, or I appreciate you. I thank you. And I'm very, very grateful for that intro. Thank you for putting in the time there. Yeah! Lil John's excited. I'm excited. Welcome to Better Late Than Never episode four. It's been an up week this week after a down week last week. And we've got a lot to get to today, including a interview with Tyler Uremchuk that I'm going to play a little bit later. He and I are roommates. This weekend in Jasper at the Pond Hockey Tournament, and I'm super excited about it. But before we get there, we got to check in with everything that's going on. Let's get to the news. Welcome to the news. 
Bag Milk reporting live from West Edmonton. It's a little bit gray outside, but mostly nice, you know? It's above zero. It's raining, snowing, weird weather. Let's get to the news. Big news of the week, obviously. Edmonton Oilers won two games after going on another extended losing streak. And for that, I mean, how could that not be the biggest news of the week, right? Oh, that just cut off abruptly there. That sound effect needs to be clipped. That's a new one that I just added to the board today. Uh, yeah! All right, Oilers won two. And the thing that I liked about those two wins is, one, they came against the Flames and the Canucks. That's the most important thing. I love seeing the Oilers beat those teams no matter what time of day, no matter what time of year, no matter what day of week. And for that, I appreciate the effort. Both comeback wins, both gritty both showed resilience to get to where they were. And I think for a lot of us, myself included, man, we needed that. Man, we needed to get some kind of good news going here. And I just was so, so excited that the Oilers were able to get through it and find a way to win two very important games, not only to end the streak and get themselves back in the win column, but just lift the mood around here, you know? Just lift the mood, get the vibes right, I'll tell you that it's been a long time since we've just kind of had a mellow week, and I think that we all needed it. The other news I want to get to is just today, this afternoon, looks like the Edmonton Oilers are one of two teams remaining in the mix for Evander Kane. They talked about it last night on the broadcast, Elliot Freeman, that is. And today, the insiders were back out. Darren Dreger says, as Evander Kane awaits word from the NHL on further suspension or not, the Oilers' interest in the power forward remains strong. Sources say Kane met with GM Ken Holland and head coach Dave Tippett earlier this week to discuss his fit with the team. Oilers are one of two teams in the mix. Sources say the NHL decision on Kane's status could slip to tomorrow, tomorrow being Thursday. We'll see what happens. But for me, this is obviously the big news. We've been talking about this for a while now. If, if he doesn't get suspended, it seems like the Oilers and Evander Kane are going to be a fit for that player and the hockey team as well. Again, I don't necessarily think that this is a move that I would do. I don't know that there's enough juice that's worth the squeeze here, but other teams that have kicked tires or have shown some strong interest in him, the other one is reportedly the Washington Capitals. So there's a good team that is also looking at Evander Kane's services. Whether or not he actually hits it on either side will depend on what is going on with the Oilers and the suspension news. If he gets suspended for another 40 games or whatever it is, and that's just guessing on my part, I don't know anything about anything, then do you do it? I don't know. But there you go. There's the news from uh, the Evander Kane front. We should get a resolution on that shortly. Back to the Oilers, though. I want to rewind a little bit. Before that first win in Calgary, Warren Fogle spoke to the media, and I thought that he had some really interesting quotes about what it means to play this game. A lot of finger-pointing was going on in Oilers Nation, a lot of it at the goaltender, a lot of it at the coach. So when Fogle was asked about this kind of pressure that his teammates and or his coach are facing, this is what he had to say. Winning is is about playing as a team and playing together you know there's not one guy that is here to save the day or anything like that that's just not the way hockey is is played so there's no benefit of pointing the finger at anyone the only way we're going to succeed is, is as a team and the only way uh, 
like, yeah, the only way to get out of this is, is, is just playing as a team and, you know, don't point fingers. You can't point fingers. Team game. One player does not make a team. One player does not sewer a team. It's a collective. I agree with Warren Fogel on that. And when you're looking for a teammate, you need a good one. Just like I've got with my friends at Arcadia Brewing. I went down there on the weekend, stopped in for a pint on Sunday. It was delicious. The spot is super cool if you haven't been there. It is something that you need to add on. And they've got new beers going on on their Instagram, Arcadia Brewing Co. They've got a fancy pint of cup of coffee. I haven't tried that one yet, but I'm very excited about it. Whistling Pig, though, that right now is my go-to. I will drink that all day long, as well as I heard that I'm a little birdie told me I might get some Coliseum Ale coming my way as well. So I'm going to be very excited about that. Shout out again to Arcadia Brewing Co. for signing on with the team. Speaking of the, or my team, it's better late than never team. It's an army of one. And Yeremchuk coming up in a little bit. Back to the Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl, obviously last week we talked a lot about whether or not he was feeling pissy. Why are you so pissy? And I think we all understood why he was pissy. But he also gave us a hell of a, a hell of a quote this week about how winning doesn't just mean a lot for the team, but it also means a lot for the city as well. Yeah, he, he saved the game for us. I mean, he, he was our best player, uh, not even close tonight. So um, it's uh, it's great for him. Uh, we, we love him uh, in the dressing room. Uh, we love playing for him. So uh. <laughs> That's the wrong clip. I played the wrong clip, but I let it go because I do like that Waz put Charlie Puth underneath that. And I'll see you again. It just reminds me of Fast and the Furious. Maybe this is the clip I want. Yeah, he, he saved the game for us. I mean, he, he... No, that's the same one. So basically what he said is he wanted to win not just for himself or for the team, but for the city. And that's the kind of thing that all Oilers fans like to hear. Why are you so pissy? Well, he wasn't. He was just telling it like it is, and he was telling it like we all needed to hear. But I'm going to go back to the clip about Koskinen and what it means for him to have success with his team and what he means to the players as a teammate. Let's just pretend I didn't push this button the first time. Yeah, he, he saved the game for us. I mean, he, he was our best player, uh, not even close to me. So, uh, it's, uh, it's great for him. Uh, we we you, love him uh, in the dressing room. Uh, we love playing for him. So, um, I know this, this, this probably feels awkward right now. <laughs> A little bit. Um, but yeah, it was, he, he was amazing. I got to tell you, I was super pumped for Miko when he won that game against the Flames. He was outstanding in that game. He was incredible in that game against the Flames. And last night against the Canucks, he was just as good. I know a lot of you, myself included, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull myself out of this. We were nervous about what was going on when the Oilers were down by two goals, but Miko Koskinen shut the door. I particularly didn't like the first goal to Elias Pettersson. But that was it. Miko locked the door after Tyler Mott. Mote? Is it Mott or Mote? I got to ask Quaz about that. After that breakaway goal, the shorthanded goal, Koskinen locked it down. And that gave the Oilers the background they needed, the, the foundation they needed to get the win. Man, that was an important win too. That was a very, very important win. And I just got to give Miko Koskinen some love. He's been taking a lot of heat around here for weeks now. So when he does play as well as he has the last two games, backstop the Oilers to back-to-back victories, you need to give the guy some love. You need to give the guy some love. So what does that mean for the goaltending situation? I have no idea. I'll ask Tyler when he jumps on. But 
at least in the time being, it clears the black cloud a little bit. It clears the cloud that's been hanging over this team and just bringing nothing but pain and suck all over the, all over the website, all over social media, all over everything involving this team. So I just want to say to you, Miko Koskinen, this is what your performance was like. It was sexy. It was very, very, very sexy. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Just going back to what we said about the Evander Kane thing. I missed a tweet. This one was from Ryan Rashog. Assuming a decision comes tomorrow, sounds like Kane could be ready to play games as early as the weekend or early next week. Sources say he's been skating for a week or so in Vancouver. Contract details need to be buttoned down, but strong sense Edmonton will land him. How do we feel? How do we feel? Again, I don't know that you necessarily want the distraction, but there's no doubt that what he does on the ice will certainly help the team. That's why it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. A lot of people seem to think that he'll be on his best behavior with the team because he's running out of chances, but we'll just have to wait and see until that actually goes through because I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend that I know. So we'll see what happens, but that's what I got a next guest about. My guest today on episode three of Better Late Than Never is somebody I spend a lot of time with, looking Uh at Zoom screens with. We do three podcasts a week together. Now you're my guest number three on this podcast, Tyler Uremchuk. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. The reason I asked you to be on the podcast today is because we've got an experience that we're going to share together this weekend that we've never (laughs) done before. We are going to be roommates on a little nation vacay out for the pond hockey tournament in Jasper. So I want to get... On the same page as you, what our approach will be, first of all, mm-hmm. to what's our drinking game plan? Yeah. What is our, our morning game plan? Is there a recovery process that we need to match? What is the road trip like to Jasper? What are we looking at in terms of tunes? I know you're driving, mm-hmm. so we've got a lot to get to. But first, yeah. I asked a couple of people, some, I asked people on Twitter some questions, and I asked on Instagram because I said, you're coming on the podcast today. And yeah. what I found out, Tyler... Did you know, amongst the Oilers Nation citizens, the fan base, the people surrounding the website, the community, that you, my friend, are you're coming up as a little bit of a, a little bit of a stud amongst a certain segment of our fan base? Have you have you heard this? Are you recognizing this? Do you know this? Because my first question that came in is this one's from Kathy. Just does Tyler sleep naked? Whoa! This is what we're getting out. So, do, are you aware of this? Yeah, not fully naked for what it's worth. Um, just you know, boxers only kind of thing. It's a vibe. Um, I am aware that like I get these tweets. Someone was calling me like your rem hunk the other day, and I must say it makes me very uncomfortable. Where this is like I'm seeing this now because I asked the question. Everybody was excited that you're coming on and being my guest, but. I, I've spent a lot of time with you, and I personally, I understand the vibes. I feel it. I see the <laughs> sexiness, but I want to know what is it about you, Tyler, that you think is just really doing it for a segment of our fan base, or for the citizens of the nation? I think, you know, the youthful energy, maybe. That's the only thing I can think <laughs> of. You know, I'm one of the younger guys on the staff, if not the youngest guy on the staff still. Um, so maybe that's what it is. Vibes, youth vibes. Well, that's going to be an interesting part of the conversation we get to about you being my roommate for this jasper tournament because mm-hmm. we have a sizable age gap mm-hmm. yet i in this scenario am the grizzled old vet bunch of vet bats in 
you've got the youthful exuberance and we're going to see how that matches up over the weekend. But the next question is, what is the plan for the hotel room? I assume you guys got two beds, but what if there's only one? Well, either way, it shouldn't change our game plan much. I'm thinking in a two-bed scenario, we use the other bed to just lay out our suitcases, and that way we don't lose anything, like under a bed, under a table, and we just share the other bed. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. One is to make sure that we're staying on track. One is to cuddle. I get it. Yep. Uh, you know, what? I actually have some questions too, but about our roommate situation. But we'll okay, get well, we're going to get there. I've got more questions to work through. Obviously, we're going to have some Oilers questions in here mm-hmm. um, as well. Will there be, this one comes in from Mike, will there be a burrito ban in the room just in case of flooding? I say no. no. Tyler, your thoughts? No, not at all. Um, but I am interested, like, will there even be opportunities to get burritos out at the JPL? I heard there's a food truck coming, so I don't know what kind of food truck it'll be. So maybe? But maybe. I, don't yeah. know. I, I imagine we'll have snacks. I'm a guy in my hotel room. I like to have snacks. Mm-hmm. I like to have drinks. I like to have things to feel fresh in the morning. So we're going to get to that again in a little bit because Tyler and I roommates for the first time at the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament this weekend. Uh, turning to the, well, actually, I guess one more about the road trip. What are the odds we can get some kind of live broadcast from the road trip up to Jasper to celebrate the bromance simmering between you two? The citizens need to know what's going on there. That one comes from Lisa. Do you think we should be doing some live broadcasts on the way to Jasper just to kind of bring people along on the car ride with us? As long as we keep it legal and it's not like some sort of distracted driving thing. Um, but yeah, maybe. I'm sure you'll be working the camera and have it in my face at random points throughout the trip. So um, yeah, I, I think we could definitely do something like that, like an IG live of like, ask your Remtrack Oilers stuff while he drives. I think we can absolutely make that happen. In fact, I guarantee we'll make that happen. One of the fun, most fun things I have in my phone right now, Tyler is from our, our viewing party from back in November where I've got videos right up in your face that you were announcing raffle winners. That's one of mm. my favorite things ever. So can we get some of those this weekend? Absolutely. Yeah, I think we are doing yes. some raffle stuff, so it makes sense. It would make perfect sense. All right, we're turning to the Oilers now. The Oilers have won two in a row. Vibes a little bit brighter around the city. Everybody feels good, but we've got some questions for you, Tyler. Does Koskinen's success in the Oilers' two-game win streak destroy all momentum of getting some change around here? That one comes in from Daddy G. Coaching change, yes. Like, Dave Tippett's obviously not getting fired in the middle of a two-game win streak. Um, And if things start to get bad, all of a sudden you're probably running out of time in the season anyways, right? Like, we're almost at the halfway point here. Uh, So I, I think it kills any chances of a coaching change. If we're being honest, that might not have come anyways, even if they kept losing in terms of a trade, I think it maybe makes it more likely like Ken Holland clearly wasn't going to make a move when this team was bad. And now they're starting to win a little bit. And maybe as they start to piece together victories, Holland might start to think, Hey, you know what? You know, this team is starting to climb out of it. Maybe I do want to give them some help. Maybe I do want to dangle a prospect at the deadline, or maybe I am open to moving the first round pick or something like that. So I, I think the chances of a trade are the same, if not better. Do you think that the Oilers still need to make a trade? Like we're going to also talk about uh, Ryan Rashog and both Kevin Weeks reporting today. It's Wednesday, the 26th, that Evander Kane, this situation could come to a resolution even as early as tomorrow. Do you still think the Oilers need to be aggressive and look for a trade? I know Koskins played very well over the last two games, giving them a chance to win, which is what you want from your goaltender. But do you think that there's pressure there to still try and make a move? Or does this just kind of alleviate the tension and maybe you go into it with a, with a slower play? 
Um, oh. See, and I think the slower play was probably going to be his play all along. It alleviates tension, though. Like, you can just even tell from the fan base. I mean, even us just being fans, mm-hmm. like, the tension is just way lower. So, I, I, I still, like... Don't even look at the rental market if you're an Oilers fan. Like, I don't think Ken Holland's making a splash for a Ben Sherratt or something like that. I think it's going to be a deadline probably similar to what we saw his first year in charge, where, like, the big splash was getting Athanasiu, right? A guy who was at least supposed to be around for a couple of years after to help out. I think that'll still kind of be the play here, and those are moves that probably won't happen until closer to the deadline anyways. Daddy G follows up with a second question, Tyler. Ryan Nugent Hopkins came back last night. He played very well. Mm-hmm. Is RNH the real MVP of this team? Now, I can't tell if Daddy G is pandering to me, which I always say, yes, he is. But what do you say, Tyler? I get, like, not MVP, but I think he is a really, really key part. Like, you always hear Cassian was talking about it the other day. Drysaddle talked about it last year. Like, he's just so important to this team in so many different areas. He can play center, he can play the wing. He's got the lowest goals against per 60 on the penalty kill out of all their forwards that regularly kill penalties. Like, he went out of the lineup, and since he went out, so basically the entire month of January up until last night, the Oilers had the worst penalty kill in the NHL. Like, that says a lot right there. Like he's important to them on the PK. He's important on the power play. He does everything and checks a ton of boxes for them. I think sometimes parts of the fan base don't appreciate that enough. Last night, the Oilers, uh, the PK has not been good lately. You just kind of touched on it. But last night, they only had one shorthanded situation they had to deal with. Well, there was a four on four, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they killed it off at a key point in the game. What did you see last night from the kill? Again, we're talking about the Vancouver Canucks game that just a little bit different even last night when they needed it. I don't know. I don't know too much about being different um, just because it is one game. I think Nuge coming back obviously helps in that situation. Um, Koskinen playing well again certainly helps. Like your best penalty killer often does have to be your goalie. I'm just looking at the shorthanded time on ice breakdown from last night. And like, yeah, Nugent Hopkins played 59 seconds. The other forwards were Shore, who was a minute one, and then Ryan, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, and Sevier were all around 30 seconds. So like, he killed twice as much in that penalty as most of their other forwards did, right? Um, so again, I think Nuge being there is really, really important for this team. Hell of a BB of a pass on Dreisaitl's goal too Sick. as well. Just a ripped it across. Uh, Tyler, you mentioned on Oilers Nation Radio that your life has been filled with disappointment. <laughs> Instead, let's look at the positive. What is his favorite Oilers memory since he's become a fan? That one comes in from Andrew. I got a few. Um, like lucky enough, my dad has been like a partial season ticket holder for my entire life. So I've gotten to go to a lot of games with him, which is great. Um, getting the chance to finally go to a playoff game with him though, after the drought was amazing. Like he, he took me to game six against Carolina in 06, but I was nine years old. Like I remember it, but I didn't really like in the moment, I think appreciate, appreciate that moment enough. Cause I was so young. Um, but getting to go in 2017 in that run with him to that first game against San Jose and then being at the game when DeHarnay scored was awesome. So having those memories of going to playoff games now with my dad and really in the moment, like cherishing them and appreciating them, that's a big memory for me. Um, Another one was, so the year before they got McDavid, so it would have been the 2014 season opener, 2014-15. You know how they had those auctions, right? Where you could bid Mm -hmm. on shit. They had an autographed Connor McDavid Erie Otters jersey. And my dad fucking bid on it and won it. Um, and we're walking away. And I'm like, why'd you buy that? It's first game of the season. And he goes, oh, because they're getting them. 
And sitting in our basement now, or in his basement up at his house, um, <laughs> he has a McDavid Erie Otter signed jersey next to a McDavid Oilers signed jersey. And McDavid, when he signed it, wrote 2015 first overall pick on it. So I always, that's one of my favorite stories too, is just like leaving the rink that day. He said they're getting McDavid and put his money where his mouth is buying mm-hmm. an autographed Erie Otters jersey. He really did. Because I mean, like, even if you look at that season, if you had told Oilers fans at the beginning of the year, oh no, they're going to finish dead last and get or close to dead last, get Connor mm-hmm. McDavid. Nobody would have been happy with it in terms of just... No. living through another horrible year, but Hey, maybe your dad knew something, put his money where his mouth is Tyler. The Oilers have a very important stretch by my eye coming up here. They've got Nashville tomorrow, which is Thursday. Then they've got Montreal on Saturday while we're in Jasper. And then they've got Ottawa on Monday. This stretch is really important to start recouping some wins that they lost during that streak. No, got to get at least four points out of these, out of these three games, right? Like you need to beat Montreal and Ottawa because they're both not that good. Ottawa is going to be without their best player, Drake Batherson. Now um, those are two must win games. Nashville's tough because Nashville is a good team and they're stingy defensively. Oilers, Oilers play well against Nashville though. They have lately. They, yeah, they do usually show up against the Preds. That's a good point. So maybe they can get all six and really go on a bit of a heater here and make back some of these points, but uh, at least four out of the six, that's the absolute minimum. You touched on break uh, uh, Drake Batherson. That happened last night. Uh, Aaron Dell took him out. As it turns out, Dell has a history of throwing hits yeah. at guys as he's cruising around. What's your take on that? Like, do you see a suspension for Dell? I, I haven't looked for an update yet today as we're recording, but what's your take on that? I think you should get four games, five games like that. You, you can't do that. And the other thing that drives me nuts with this, and I get like some, some goalie union members may not like this take, but okay, let's flip the script here. If, if Batherson would have thrown an elbow and knocked down Dell, people would have lost oh, their fucking man. minds, right? So yep. why does Aaron Dell, like you said, he has a history of doing this, did it to Mark Stone, I think this season or last season or whatever it was. Um, why does Aaron Dell get to just run around and do this? But goalies are like ultimately protected from getting ran over. So if maybe they shouldn't do a suspension, maybe they should just sit there and be like, you know what, Aaron Dell, you're fucking free game the rest of the year, big guy. No goalie interference penalties and just let Aaron Dell get fucking ran. I mean, he's dog shit, so who cares? If he's going to throw hits like that, outside of the crease okay but i agree with you like if you're gonna do it if you're gonna play the game then you should be open season for guys rushing for the puck behind the goal line like i don't understand why he is just seemingly untouchable in that position and throwing throwing hits at a guy who clearly did not expect the goalie to hit it yeah and i I talked about this with Tim Peel a few weeks ago. I hate the whole move that goalies have where when a guy is like skating on the forecheck, they'll stick something out and kind of like get in his way. And then he's got to jump around them. Like it drives me nuts because it's interference. Like look it up in the rule book that is interfering with a player who doesn't have the puck and it never gets fucking called. And I get that goalies need to be protected because their equipment isn't made for them to take body contact and all of that. But also if you're a goalie then and you want to be protected, Quit fucking getting in the way. And I, I don't get why the refs don't call it more. Like Gorgiev's really bad for it. And in both games, the Oilers have played against him this season. I've noticed him do it a handful of times. And when the game was here in Edmonton, I was at the game and there was a play. It was super blatant. I think it was when the Oilers were shorthanded and he like stuck out his arm and the Oilers guy had to like jump around him and it disrupted his forecheck. And the ref after the next whistle, like skated up to him and kind of like talked to him a little. And I'm like, why are we giving warnings? Like, it's a fucking penalty. If a player trips another player, you don't go up to him and go, hey, man, listen, that last time that's going to happen. All right, I'm calling it next time. Like, that doesn't <laughs> even make sense. Uh, NHL roughing continues to be a question mark at best 
of times. Uh, other news this week, Tyler, I want to touch on with you. The Olympic team was announced. First of all, it was leaked. Then it mm-hmm. came out officially. We have got some former friends on the Canadian squad. We have got DeHarnay. You just mentioned watching him at OT. He is on that team. We've got Bakersfield Condors alternate captain Adam Cracknell on the squad. What do you see when you look at the Team Canada team going to the Olympics in Beijing? I see one that is kind of, man, there's a mix of old dudes in here. There's a mix of young guys. It is a wide open team here. I don't really know what to expect from them, to be honest. They took a different approach than the U.S. did. Like the U.S. took a bunch of college kids and, and things like that. And they have a, generally a pretty young team in Canada. Like Kent Johnson is really, really good. He was a top five pick, went to Columbus in the draft. He's one of their like alternates. He's on their taxi squad. He didn't make the team. And then you look at the U.S. and like Matty Beneers is going to play a big role. He's probably going to be a top six centerman for them. And he was same thing, went a few picks before Kent Johnson. So they're taking a different approach. They're going with a more veteran and heavy physical group, which I think makes sense because they're playing on NHL-sized ice, not Olympic-sized ice. And Claude Julien's an NHL head coach, so if he's going to design a system that's going to work for the team, I think picking a group that's largely veteran and and heavy and can maybe just wear you down, I think that makes a little bit of sense. Um, The other stuff, Matt Tompkins is one of the goalies, and he's a former Sherd Park Crusader, so there's that. And also, um, if you go to the Chinese national team, Jason Fram is on that team and I called his games. He played for the U of a golden bears a few years ago and he went over there. I believe with the sole intention of like, I'm going to play for team China at the Olympics. So that's a couple cool local connections. For a guy that's as young as you are, Tyler, it's always amazing to me that you just know this shit and can pull it off the top of your head. Cause I didn't tell you I was going to talk about the Olympics and you just kind of had this dialed in. Is this something from that you guys talked about at daily face off, or is this just something you just have a keen awareness of for whatever reason? Chris Peters was on the daily face off show today. So I got a little bit of insight from him on the Olympic team, but the Jason Fram thing, I just know because I remember when he, he was like the U of A's best defenseman. He was probably the best defenseman in Canadian university hockey for a couple for definitely a couple seasons um and i was surprised that he didn't get an american league deal when he left the u of a and then it was like he's going to play for Coonlin red star and another guy from the bears brandon mcgee actually went over with him for a little bit too i just knew that because i know that again i am always surprised by what you do know uh you talked about announcing the golden bears you talked about daily face-off in september you made it official on the 7th to be exact that it was your final week at TSN 1260. You were joining up with us full time. Let's walk through your history with the nation a little bit because we were thinking, we were texting about this, what, about a week ago or something? You sent me a screenshot of our first email exchange to each other. And I wanted you to cover the Oil Kings at that time. And then as I tend to do, I forgot you replied to me and I didn't hit you back for another week or so. What, what was going on from your perspective as you, first of all, got a call from the nation in the sense that we wanted your help. Gregor was the one that vouched for you. And then I just ignored you for a week or eight days or whatever it was. I was on vacation at the time with my family in BC. We were doing like a little golf thing. And I remember I emailed you like the day I left. And then we're like, you know, getting towards the end of the vacation. I was like, guys, I haven't heard back from this guy. And I was like, I don't want to bug him. Like, I don't want to sound like annoying or like thirsty or whatever. So like, I'll leave it. And whatever, we were just talking about as a family. And they're like, no, you should email him again. Like, it'll show that like you want the job, like you want to be there. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Like, I do want to be there. So I emailed you again. And I mean, maybe thankfully I did. Like, what if you just would have never seen the email again? I'm sure we would have eventually found a way to start working together because like the Oilers community is pretty small. But um, I remember our first meeting together. I like 
pull up to Little Brick and I'm like, what the fuck? This is their offices? Like, is this where I'm supposed to meet them? And I like obviously didn't know where to fucking go. So I just like walked into the cafe and I was like, I'm here to meet with uh, the Oilers Nation guys. And the little cafe girl was like, oh, yeah, they're just upstairs. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? So now that was a couple years ago. You were at one point just a tweeter trying to get into the wrap-ups in the best of the tweets section. Mm-hmm. Now you are involved in everything we do. What's the what's the last few months been like from you going from TSN, where you were producing Low Tide Show and doing some other stuff, filling in where you needed to, to now you're working with Frank Saravalli on the Daily Faceoff Show every day. You're doing a bunch of podcasts with us, like I mentioned off the jump. We, you and I do uh, we do three together a week. Yeah over and above what we're doing here. Well, what's it been like for you the last couple of months? Uh, like, obviously, the decision to leave 1260 was, like, super hard. Um, like, I was there since I was 18. Like, I started on Low Tide Show, I think, right after, or right before I turned 18, or right after I turned 19. So I'm like, or sorry, yeah, around the age of 19, I think, is when I started there. So I, like, you know, in a way, like, in air quotes, like, grew up with those guys. Like, that was my first big crack in the media. Um, like, me and Maddie Iwanek are still super tight. Dusty's always been great to me. Lieutenant Eric and myself are still, like, really good friends. Like, it was tough leaving there. But, like, also at Oilers Nation, like, you know, I've become friends with you guys as well. So that made it super easy to be like, you know, like, I'm going to miss that part of 1260, but I still kind of get that camaraderie from everyone at Oilers Nation. And then, obviously, when it's, like, Frank Saravalli being like, hey, this is probably a good career move for you. I'm not going to be like... Hey, Frank, I think you're wrong. Like he obviously knows what he's doing. Um, and it's been wild over the last couple months. Like I got a chance to go to Chicago for the player media tour, which is something I like never would have gotten to do just doing radio stuff. And I got to like interview star NHL players and like sit at a table and joke with them and like meet a bunch of cool media people where you're there and like go for dinner with Kevin Weeks and shit like that. So like that's really neat. And then like even now, like I'm getting ready to go to the all star game in Vegas in a week. Um, and like that's going to be really cool. So it's been a bit of like a whirlwind. It's been super busy and hectic and like trying to launch a bunch of cool new stuff and do all that. But like the opportunities I've been getting are sick. So like, how can you complain? I've met a lot of in my time now, it's almost a decade at the nation full time, which is wild to me. Um, in my time here, I've met a lot of guys in radio that have kind of had to do the circuit where you bounce around small town to small town and eventually work your way up to a big market. Was that something that you kind of were aware of, of how lucky you were as a guy fresh out of Nate that you got to jump right into Edmonton Sports Radio? Yeah. So like I remember it was our first kind of week or two in the program and they had like a bunch of the FM stations came in and gave like a presentation on like, hey, come work for our street team. It's half of them are unpaid labor. The other half are like minimum wage to go give out stickers at music festivals. And I was like, okay, well, that probably sounds like a pretty good idea for me to get into, like get my foot in the door with a big market. Cause they tell you at the radio program all the time, they're like, you need to go to a small town, get ready to go to Grand Prairie or Fort St. John and, you know, get your reps in on a good FM station. And for me, that just wasn't appetizing at all. I didn't want to do FM radio in the slightest. I wanted to be a sports guy. I wanted to talk about sports, write about sports, and all of that stuff, right? Um, so I just never had interest in it, but I was like, okay, hey, if I get in with like an FM station now, that's probably a good way to keep my employment in Edmonton where there's lots of sports teams and like I can just, you know, use radio as a way to maybe help propel my sports career is what I was thinking. And luckily enough, I got hired on at the Virgin Radio and the Bear Street team to like, again, hand out stickers and shit. And that's obviously the same company as TSN 1260. So it just kind of like naturally grew into like, I'm in the building all the time. All of a sudden, you know, they need a junior board op, someone who can just push buttons and put them on live when they're doing on locations. 
So like I did that and then that naturally progressed into like, oh, hey, we need someone who can also do that at TSN. So I was like, okay, sure. I'll push buttons for, you know, $15 an hour. And like one time I had to go in at 3 a.m. to make sure the time change didn't fuck with the radio stations. And I'd like sit there for two hours from like one till 3 a.m. Um, and then that that's just kind of how it progressed. And then once it started progressing to the point where like I was hitting the buttons and like running the board at TSN while I was still like doing my Nate program. And at school, I was kind of like, you know, it doesn't make sense for me, even though the program was kind of like pushing, like, go to a small town, go to Wainwright, go to fucking not Wainwright, uh, White Court and like work for the radio station there. We have a connection, blah, blah, blah. I was kind of just like, I'm already doing like button pushing in a major market in Edmonton. Why would I not just do my internship at TSN instead of like giving that the role I have there up to go like maybe be on air at an FM station? So luckily enough, Maddie Iwanek like gave me an internship. And then the internship ended and they were like, we don't really have a job for you right now, but like, can you do us a solid and like, don't accept jobs elsewhere kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, like I'll gladly keep working on the street team and filling in here. Like I like being a part of the TSN crew. And then there were layoffs and they had an opening a few months later and I kind of slid in that way, but I definitely knew like how lucky I was to not have to go the route that like a lot of people in my program did, which was like going to these random small towns and doing radio. Do you have anybody that you graduated with at that program that's still kind of working that circuit? Look at you being like, you motherfucker. I uh, honestly, by this point, just because I've been out of the program now for so many years, I think for a lot of them, it kind of got to the point where after doing that for a few years, it was like, okay, I'm not back in a major market now. Like I'm kind of done. And a lot of them moved on from radio. Like the program's small. I think I graduated with thir- 12 or 13 people. By the end of the program, it might have even been 11 by the time people had like dropped out throughout. Um, and I'm trying to think like, I know there's one guy who's doing it in Lloyd, who's still doing radio. Um, Liam was one of them. He's still, he's kicking it with us now at Oilers Nation. Uh, one guy's name's Devin. He's on air at 630 Ched. And I think other than that, there's not a lot of people from the program that actually stayed in radio. It's kind of surprising. So it was always going to be sports radio for you or there was no interest at all in being like, Coming up next, a brand new song by Drake. No, not at all. Like, not in the slightest. And I remember that first summer after the program, one of the gigs I got at Virgin Radio was working the buttons while they were live at the Fringe Festival. And it was 10-hour days of just sitting in the studio listening to the same fucking songs over and over again. (laughs) And it's the worst, man. Like, it just drives you nuts. And, like, you always have to be so, like, cheery and peppy when you're doing that kind of stuff on like an fm station as well and it's just like you know me that's not my vibe i'm not a cheery and peppy kind of guy <laughs> like can you imagine me like firing up the mic and being like all right that was the latest song from ed sheeran did you hear about Haley bieber and justin bieber i'll have more on that after this song from martin garrix Pew. no i honestly would love to hear that <laughs> I would love to hear even just an hour of you doing top 40. It would be so entertaining. I would love to hear you put on the cheery voice and try and figure that out. I would love to. This is a little off topic, but like Low Tide did top 40 for a long time. Mm -hmm. I would love to dig up one of the old Low Tide like on-air breaks from back in his day, like from like the 90s of him like spinning top 40. It'd be great. Did I ever tell you that I actually got offered a like a top 40 two, three hour radio slot here in the city a few years back. Like while you were like, they approached you as as Bagma. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. It was, it was, I was, I almost did it to be honest. I just thought it would have been so funny to hear me go 
Bag Milk here. What's going on? Top of the hour. It is minus 6,000 outside. But ultimately, it was on Saturdays in the evening. And yeah. for a guy in sports, probably not the best work. time slot. Maybe but that's something was... me and you could one day have, though. Like, we could have our own radio show. 100% we could. I would love to talk pop culture. I would love to talk. Well, I mean, that's kind of why I'm doing this is just be able to do yeah. my own thing and talk about whatever the fuck I want. But that's also the nice part about podcasting, isn't it? It's like I have a little bit of equipment in my house. You helped me buy this stuff. And now I'm able to launch a podcast that's actually performing pretty well in its yeah. infancy. Yeah, it's doing really good. Like, obviously, I look at the numbers and all that stuff and like, this is a really, really good start for a podcast, but it's not surprising. I mean, people love you, so... Well, let's talk about our love for each other, Tyler, because this weekend we are doing something, like I mentioned, we have never done before, which is we are going to be roommates for the weekend out of the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. Not only are we representing Team Oilers Nation, which we're going to talk about our squad, mm-hmm. our team in this, in this outdoor tourney, but I want to talk about us as roommates. So this one comes in from Bearded Brad. We are going up to Jasper together. It's about a four-hour drive, depending on how things go. Bearded Brad wants to know what kind of tunes you listening to for the ride up. Uh, we're probably going hip hop, right? Like rap, that we kind of thing. We both listen to a lot of hip hop. Yeah, so I would imagine it's going to be heavy hip hop vibes. Um, and I mean, I guess it's kind of up to us. Do we go like playlist? Is one of us building up a playlist, or are we just like throwing on my Spotify on shuffle and just like giving her? Maybe we crush like a couple of the baby albums. I know we're big into those. Big to baby fans on this one. I mm-hmm. think that is probably going to be a combination of both. I could see us just doing a random Spotify playlist, maybe touch into Edson, grab something to eat, maybe get a little mm-hmm. gas and then switch it up from there. I do feel though that there's going to be a lot of hip hop on yeah. this road trip, both there and back. Uh, this one comes in from Corey. Boys, what's the drinking plan for this tournament? Tyler's the young guy. You're the old boy. Are we day drinking? What are you guys up to? Tyler, what are you thinking about this? We're day drinking for sure. Um, Obviously, I'll be sober until we get there because I'm driving. Um, And I don't have that second layer of my driver's license, right? So it's zero tolerance for me. I'm always jealous of the people who can have one beer and and then like drive home and, you know, be legal about it. I can't, I don't have that luxury. So I'll be sober until we get there, but we're going to get there like three o'clock in the afternoon on Friday and we're hitting it hard right off the jump. I'm thinking like, Bags in the hotel room, shotgun right off the bat, crush something. And then I think we have a meeting with some people right after that. So we'll have to like go do that. But like we'll be we'll be nice and buzzed for the whole weekend. I think like waking up in the morning too, like I'm just I'm going beers right from the get go. I'm like, gonna make you try a Caesar this weekend, I think. Okay, we can maybe do that. Tyler tries a Caesar. You- yeah. I think I think this is the weekend. If you're going to spend it with, because I'm thinking about this too. If we're going to be drinking as hard as I think we are, <laughs> and it probably will be. I get hangovers like crazy and we're going to get to your hangover routine in a second here. But for me, if that's the plan, a Caesar in the morning with breakfast, that'll just kind of right the ship, get me back on an even keel. So the plan is we're we're boozing. Do you think now that the other people in our team, uh, Mike Salami, who's going to be there with Caroline, Mm -hmm. uh, Chalmers, Jay, uh, Rick will be there. (laughs) Which which of the guys do you think is most likely to join us in this in these festivities? Now, Chalmers will have his family and kids, and Jay's Jay bringing the girlfriend. Yeah. Girlfriend, Jay will yeah. have his girlfriend. Uh, I don't know how heavy partiers Mike and Caroline are. I don't think we'll they are. Because, like, think back to our party at the at Campio. Like, they didn't get into it too too hard. No, they didn't. So that's what's going to be interesting. If that I'm thinking about, if it's just you and I and Rick, you know, Rick's always down. Oh, yeah. 
if it's just the three of us setting the tone for the weekend, I want to know who you think is the most likely to join in, either out of FOMO or just because they want to get after it. Caroline's been telling me that Mike has been saying a lot of like, I haven't been practicing. Like, you know, I need to go practice. I think there's a little bit of nerves there from Mike's perspective. So like, you know, maybe he, maybe Friday night, like he'll be nervous for the hockey and he'll just like let the booze be his sort of therapy there. And he'll just crush him. And he'll be like super hungover on Saturday morning. I'll admit I'm a little bit nervous too. It's just because I haven't played in so long that my fitness probably isn't going to be where it needs to be. I'm I'm thinking my approach here is going to be the puck moving defenseman. I can rush up, I can jump into the play, and then I can hang back and defend. That's kind of my early my early game plan. What is your plan for this? It's a three-on-three tournament, I think, right? Four-on-four, I think. Well, it's four-on-four tournament. What is your plan? What is your role with Team Oilers Nation at this outdoor tournament? Goal scorer. Absolutely. Well, see, then I'll be feeding you. I'll be yeah. feeding you. So and you I think that's going to be... There somehow. I think that's going to be like our sort of dangerous thing. Like, would I describe myself as a cherry picker? No, like I'll come back. I'll play a little defense, but like I know my best chance of making an impact on the game is to score some goals, and I plan on doing that. My best way of impacting the team will be puck distribution. That's what I think I can excel at. And if you're cherry picking or not cherry picking, I'll be able to get it to you. And it's already working. I think the two of us will see the game in a similar way. And I think, you know, just knowing our, our chemistry in terms of podcasting and things like that, I think we'll be able to like, you'll know when I want to like cut across and like, we'll be, we'll be thinking the game very similarly. Who are you most worried about playing with? Now I've played with, I've on this team, I've played with Rick. I've played with Jay. Jay gets very, very competitive. So I know he's going to be out there hustling. He's going to be out there grinding. If we show up hungover, Tyler, there's a chance that Jay will get upset with us. Yeah, so there there is that. Like, I'm a little bit nervous for how competitive Jay will get, but I also get super competitive. So, I mean, maybe the two of us will just feed each other in that aspect. Um, I've never like, did Rick play junior or anything growing up? I I don't know actually. Yeah. So Rick will be a bit of a wild card. I think Mike will be pretty good, but I think Mike gets competitive too. Like our Mm -hmm. competitiveness per sixty, I think will be pretty high on this team. And then there's Curtis from Sherwood Ford as well, who's coming out. And I don't even know him. I've never met him in my life. So I mean, just in that sense, it's a wild card as well. We've got some unknowns on here. We have not had a team practice. We've not had a team meeting. We're gonna look sharp. We got the play Labama jerseys. I saw you wearing those on the giant pregame show. They look sharp. So it's gonna be interesting to see who in your opinion, is going to be the worst player, not knowing all of our teammates. Who who do you think is just going to be the anchor? I'm going to say me. Well, because you haven't played a lot. like, And I don't know like I don't know how good Chalmers is. Is Chalmers, he'd be the oldest one on the team, right? So oh, there's right. obviously Country question marks surrounding him. <laughs> but he still plays like one, once a week or twice a week yeah. or whatever. So I don't know. I was going to say, um, I know we are busy and we both have jobs, but tomorrow, if, if you come for an in-person real life down at Dogpack, we could just dart to the rink for like a quick 30-minute pracky. We could. Maybe get some bats in. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be the worst thing. Be the first time I put Did you get a new stick? A I'm actually going today. I'm going today to get a new stick. Smart. So the new twig will come out today. I'm going to get a... Actually, you know what I was going to do? I was. <laughs> so I didn't... I, I don't play very often anymore. Every now and then, I'll jump on with one of my buddies' teams or something like that. But we're talking like few and far between. So instead of buying a new stick... And you sent me a place to go, which yeah. is where I'm going to go check it out. Um, 
but I was just going to use this promo stick that I won a few years ago. And then when I pulled it out to like, I was just going to tape it and be like, whatever, I don't care. It was so hilariously covered in corporate logos and shit <laughs> because it was a, it was a prize. I actually won it at an Oilers game once upon a time for answering a trivia question. <laughs> I was just like, I cannot play with this corporate logoed up stick. I would just look so embarrassed. I was like, maybe I should just tape the entire shaft and nobody will notice. But then that in itself is a weird look. So. Are you a lefty or a righty? I'm a righty. Oh, you're righty. I was going to say, I'll bring a couple backups. You never know if someone's going to snap a twig, but I'm a lefty. So I'm a right-handed puck-moving defenseman. I am very, very high in demand. Young uh, Boosh. Back, young Boosh. That's how I feel. We are the same age. He and I are the same competitor, I feel <laughs> like anyway. Tyler, what's your hangover routine? Because like I said, I'm now in the back half of my 30s. I don't f- quite bounce back as well as I used to. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe a Caesar in the morning with breakfast, even even things out. What is your hangover routine? What are you expecting if you have to get back on the horse and go compete in this pond hockey tournament? What's the move? The move for me, and I may even pack some of this, a big, big glass of OJ. Like I could almost demolish a liter of orange juice right when I wake up. It's like a little bit, you know, because it's got some substance to it. It's not like crushing a mm-hmm. big thing of water, like a big thing of OJ. And then hopefully there's a breakfast bar where I can just crush like six pieces of bacon OJ, bacon, big gulp of water, brush the teeth, really just freshen things up, and then bang, you're ready to go. So you kind of we're kind of talking about something that's similar. So we're gonna be at the JPL in Jasper, which is hilarious. That I I'm you know, I'm gonna maintain a four out of five, four or five out of ten for the entire weekend. So that'll be fun to walk around there. But you know we're going to have a fridge in our room. So what I like to do is when I know this is coming, I want to have our fridge packed with if you want OJ, that's fine. But we're gonna make a trip, we're gonna go, we're gonna find some Gatorades. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some Tylenol. I'm gonna have some snacks. I like beef jerky in the morning. It's that little salty kind of almost like the bacon. Yeah. So we're gonna have some. We're gonna have our fridge stocked up. Is there anything like that that you think of that we need in our room? I was gonna make some cookies maybe for the drive out, and then oh. if, there, if there's some left over, we could we could have those. Um, no, I don't really. I'm not a big like snacky guy, right? Like I don't eat a lot. Um, so as long as there's a little bit, I'll be fine. I'm not too picky. And wants to know, this leads me to the next question. What are the road trip snacks you guys will have on the way up there? What, what's your go-to on a road trip? We got four hours to kill. Uh, I'm a big, like I'm a sweets guy, like candy. So something like that. So maybe I'll have, I'll have something like that. Um, beef jerky is a great road trip snack. Like Meat. there's substance, salty, everything you want in there. Um, so beef jerky, some candy, and maybe like a nice, like a nice bottle or can of coke like i'm a i, I yeah. sit down every once in a while and i just have a glass of pop you know sometimes you just have a hankering for it so that wouldn't be bad for me because you know again sober for the drive so maybe just a little bit of coke to give me some flavor not a coffee eh? i could see a stopping for multiple coffees yeah i could see a coffee stop as well that's probably pretty important what's the move here you're driving am i paying for gas am i buying food what is the move here what are you thinking well i mean my jeep's pretty good on gas like i think we'll make it there and back like refill in Jasper. And I think that'll kind of be all we have to do. So it might only be like a one tank of gas kind of thing. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe you just buy the coffees and we're good. We'll see when we get there. Uh, we'll see when we get there. Tyler, I've been talking about groceries on Better Late Than Never for the last four weeks. You now live with your lovely girlfriend. Mm-hmm. The question I asked everybody and I asked Gregor last week, is there something that you were crushing as a kid at your parents' place. You were just downing them. And now that you live on your own, you have to do the grocery shopping and you go, man, 
this is way more expensive than I thought I was. The one I always come back to is cheese. I murder cheese, pepperoni sticks, the same yeah. thing. Deli meats, the same thing. I love cherry tomatoes. I could just sit there and eat a whole thing of cherry tomatoes really? in one sitting. I used to do that as a kid. Now I know how expensive they are. And I understand why Papa Milk was pissed off at me. What is something you're looking at when you go to the grocery store and you're like, fuck, I want that, but it's just so expensive. Um, like my girlfriend loves pepperoni sticks. We talked about this on real life. So, um, like she always like once every couple of weeks, she'll be eyeing them up at the grocery store. And I'll be like, those fuckers are expensive. You better be careful here. Count your pennies. Um, not really too, too much for me other than having to buy pepperoni sticks once every couple of weeks. Um, just meat in general, you know, like, yep. I I'm a big steak guy, but like steak is fucking expensive to just go mm-hmm. buy. Um, and you fruits. find yourself going an alternate meat route in that sense. Like I too love steak, but sometimes I don't want to buy it. So I'll buy like a, a lean piece of pork because it's significantly cheaper than buying a steak. Have you gotten to that route yet? Uh, we actually, we did that. We did uh, like a taco salad the other day and we did it with ground pork instead of ground beef. And it was pretty good. Um, no, the other thing too, for me is uh, fruit. Like I used to crush always fresh fruit at my parents' house, mm-hmm. right? Like you'd open up the fridge, it'd be like a bowl of strawberries washed and you'd crush them or like a bowl of raspberries. You crush them, some cherries, you crush them. Cherries are fucking insanely expensive. Yes, they are. I And I learned this lesson the first summer after I moved out where I saw the thing and it was like a bag of cherries and it said like $3.99. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's a great deal. There's so many fucking cherries in there. Then I get my receipt and I'm like kind of going over it because I'm like, that was more expensive than I thought it was. It's like, what, the three ninety nine a pound? That was like a $16 bag of cherries. It was a rip. Yep. That's what one thing that drives me crazy about grocery stores is when they do the the like per hundred grams price or whatever. Just tell me what the package is. I'm not bad. I'm not good at math. I know that your Remchuk math is akin to bag milk math, which is not mm-hmm. strong. Just tell me the price. Yeah. Just tell me what I got to pay. Why do I got to have this game? I don't understand the multiple. I don't understand how the weights go. All I want is my cherries, man. All I want is my cherries. Last thing I want to touch on with you before I let you go here is a very common controversial quote. And this is from you straight up. And I need you to answer for it. This is Tyler Remchuk on Twitter, January 25th, 2022. Eating a straight up piece of cheese is nasty. I will eat it in a sandwich or on pizza or with some crackers, but just a bite of cheese pass. Never would. Explain yourself. I just honestly don't like eating straight up cheese. Like when we're doing our cooking and like if we're cooking something <laughs> with cheese, like Amber will all the time just like cut off a piece of cheese and like eat it. Or she'll like go to the fridge when she's hungry and like cut up some cheese and eat it. And I can't do that. The idea of just biting into like a cold piece of cheese is like <laughs> gross to me. It makes like my skin kind of crawl. I don't that that's just how I am. I don't judge people that do eat cheese. Like that's fine. I can understand the appeal to it. But like even the really fancy cheeses, like you were talking about with Gregor. <laughs> Like that doesn't do it for me. I had a sandwich once with like smoked Gouda on it or something. And I was like, this is not good. Like I don't enjoy this at all. So again, I love cheese on pizza. I cooked up like a big ass pot of mac and cheese from a recipe I saw on TikTok. And there was a lot of cheese in that thing. I love it. Had it for lunch for like the next three days. It was tremendous. I love cheese on a sandwich. Yep. Sign me up. But just eating a big ass piece of cheese. No, that is not for me. Last question for you, Tyler. Lisa wants to know, she's the one that asked about us doing live broadcasts on the way to Jasper. I think it's a great idea. We're going to do it. Why does our chemistry work, Tyler? We've got a wide age gap. We still seem to have something that clicks between us. We've talked about doing podcasts together. This is the first time we've done this one 
with having you as a guest. Why does it work from your perspective? Sorry, I was taking off my hat because I was getting. I see that hair looks from. great. Hair does not look great right now. Um, why does our chemistry work? We have a similar sense of humor, right? We obviously have similar interests um, in terms of like the Oilers, hip hop stuff like that. Our taste in memes is very similar. Like the TikToks we send each other are usually ones that we both enjoy. Shout out to Susie. Shout out to Susie. Always um, hungry. I, I just think that's all it is. Like, I mean, again, like there's what, like probably a 12 year, 13 year age gap between the two of us. Yep. And I just, it doesn't phase either of us. I don't know. We just get along and we clicked like pretty early on as well. Like, yes. Yeah. It's just one of those things where when you, when you, uh, <laughs> when you meet, when you, when you meet someone, you just know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to touch on the TikToks we send each other. We are both big fans of Susie. If you know who she is on TikTok, you know who she is. We're both hungry. We love the only pans. TikTok is something for me where I can find it very relaxing, but also a big time suck in that mm-hmm. I can lose an hour, two hours just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Sports have been stressful. Your Bills just lost one of the most stressful games probably that you've watched. Apologize for bringing that up again. Mm-hmm. Oilers have been stressful. How are you relaxing these days? What do you do just to relax? How do I relax these days? I honestly am not great at relaxing and just like sitting around and doing nothing. Um, my girlfriend's parents have a hot tub. So I like heading up to, heading up to their place kind of like twice a week because they live like mm-hmm. a two minute drive from us. Head up there a couple of times a week, sit in the hot tub, have a beer. Um, that's relaxing for me. I was playing a lot of Madden, you know, just relaxing, playing video games. But that's barely even relaxing because I get so fucking wound up doing it. Um, Can you watch sports and relax and just enjoy it? So, like, the reason I ask is I was watching the Chiefs-Bills game. And I can just appreciate that game for the sport. I appreciated the excitement of it. It's the same thing for me as watching the Jays. I love the Jays and I hope they win. But it doesn't piss me off necessarily Mm -hmm. when they lose like it does with the Oilers. Do you have any sport that you can just watch and enjoy? Like another example, I was watching the Aussie Open yesterday. Fucking cool to watch tennis. I could never play it. I love it. Can you? Do you have that at all? Or is there always some kind of just like, I need this outcome to happen? Um, golf like i bet on golf when i watch it usually i bet on everything when i watch it because that's just what i do um but like golf i can sit back and like my favorite golfer Corey connors and justin thomas are kind of my two guys that i root for but when they're doing bad i don't get angry or stressed out like i do with the oilers bills or blue jays um tennis is similar where you know i root for the canadian guys but like I watched Shapovalov lose to Nadal the other day and it didn't get me like fired up. I wasn't like yelling at the TV or anything like that. So I'd say golf and tennis are the two that I can like just sort of sit back and watch when I'm watching football, baseball or hockey. It's either there's a team I'm rooting for or I have money on the game. So I'm pretty stressed out. Is there something that you can think of off the top of your head that would be like on your Mount Rushmore of sporting events? Like, I'm not talking about going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. Of course, everybody wants to go to the Super Bowl. But is there a sporting event you haven't yet gone to that you just be like, man, I would love to do that? For me, like as an example, I'd love to go see Man U play in yeah. England and be amongst 65,000 people in the, in the stadium, watching the chants, watching the vibes, all of that. I think that'd be an amazing experience. Is there something like that for you? Uh, there's a lot, like it's a long list and I'm lucky too, because like Amber liked sports before we met, but now like she's fully into it. Like she was probably close to as upset about as me when the bills lost. Cause she just like, she dives into the stuff that I'm interested in. And I really 
am lucky about that. And same thing when we talk about travel is like, she's totally down to like plan trips around sporting events. So like, I think in the next year or so, I'd love to go see a Bills game in Buffalo just because I'm such a diehard fan, never been, would love to be amongst the fan base there. Um, the US Open tennis uh, out in New York, I'd love to go to that and go to one of those late games that gets like really rowdy. Um, that would be a ton of fun. The Masters is on there, but like that's so hard to get to that. Like, I don't know if I'll ever necessarily be able to do that. Um, but the Masters, US Open tennis, I want to see a Bills game live. Um, what else is on that list? Is there any sport you've gone to maybe that you didn't necessarily think you would enjoy it, but then once you did it, you'd be like, man, that was a good time. The reason I asked that is I had a buddy go to a Timberwolves game recently. He was down on a work trip, went to a Timberwolves game. And he goes, man, basketball is awesome. And it's not like he really cared about the outcome. It's just the whole spectacle was fun. Yeah. And I actually really want to go see a basketball game too. I've never seen an NBA game in person. So I'd love to love to go do that as well. Um, but no, there's not really one. Like I'm thinking of the sports that I have seen live in person. Um, I covered a couple of curling events. Like I did the world curling championships when I was 18. I did like the in arena hosting for that. Um, and that was like super fun as well. Like the vibe in there is always really, really good. So curling is curling's fun, but I curl and I curled in high school. So like I already had an appreciation for the sport. Um, no, not really. Like I, I love watching baseball live and in the stadium. Like I kind of try to go to Toronto once a year just to see the Blue Jays play. Um, Dude, I want to do that with you. I want to go to a Jays game. I want to fly to Toronto and go to a Jays game. I've never been to a baseball game. Oh man, always and been like, something I want to. The Dome, like Rogers Center, is compared to other ballparks, kind of a dump because it's not really a ballpark. It's just a big stadium. But the nostalgia of being a Blue Jays fan and like you sit there like I did in back in September, it was like 25 degrees. The roof is open. It's the middle of the afternoon. You look up and the CN Tower is like on top of you from your seat in the stadium. And it's just like so cool to like the sounds of the ballpark are great. It's such like a the game moves quicker when you're there. But it's such a relaxing thing to just sit back there with a couple of super expensive beers and just like watch baseball for an afternoon. It's unreal. Even just, I can't wait till we get our box back down at the mm. pa- uh, the park in the uh, the ballpark in the in the River Valley. There, it's I can't wait. I can't wait to go watch some Riverhawks down from the Nation box. Yeah. Uh, last question for well, I got two more before I let you go. What's the worst sport to see live? To me, I'll tell you what I think it is. I went to an NFL game and I find it. I find it drags when you're there. If you don't care about either team that's playing, which I did not, I went to a Raiders Cardinals game in Arizona and the rivalry was cool. It was fun to see the back and forth between the fans, but I didn't really care all that much. There was a lot of standing football generally is four seconds per play. And then you're done for a minute. I found it dragged a little bit on TV, whereas I don't feel that way necessarily or uh, in person, whereas I don't necessarily feel that way on TV. Is there something for you? You're like, "Mm, not a great live sport. Good question. I don't think there is. I think I'm a big enough sports fan that you could plump me in a stadium seat anywhere. And I'll sit there and be like, this is enjoyable for me. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. I I honestly don't think I have an answer to that. One thing that I never thought that I would enjoy that I got to see live was when I was in Australia. I got to see a, a, Mm. I got to watch a cricket game. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. Not a lick. Well, by the end of the, by the end of the day, because it was an eight-hour test, I learned what the rules were and how things were going. But man, what a gnarly game that is to watch live. Uh, last question for you, Tyler, before I let you go, because we're running longer than I said we would, as I always do. 
predictions for the weekend, Weather's Nation at the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. What are you expecting as we go into this as a team, as a weekend? We've got events. We've got the game against Montreal. We're going to do a little viewing party on Saturday. What are you expecting from the weekend? Uh, we will get very drunk. Like something that is not lost on me when we did our meeting with Jay the other day is he was like, you know, Friday, things will kind of wrap up at 730. Then everyone's free to do their own thing. And Saturday after the Oilers game, which again, will end at like 730. Everyone's free to do their own thing. And I'm kind of sitting there being like, so we're going to be at the Fairmont JPL with no work commitments from 730 onwards. This is going to be like, what are we even going to do? Do we just find a fire somewhere and sit around a fire? Like, what what do you do for those three hours other than just drink? So I think we're going to drink a lot. I think our team is going to be better than maybe we expect. I think there will be some serious bonding going on, and we will all come away from this as a tighter knit group than we were before. I could see you and me going on some adventures in Jasper, pal. I love that little town. I love cruising around Jasper. I love walking around, finding like some weird little pubs or restaurants. I can see you and I ending up in some weird pubs, weird restaurants, getting stuff and just creating some FOMO for the other people that were not invited on our journey. (laughs) Yes, we'll be active on the socials. We'll be documenting everything and it'll be a lot of fun. There you go. Tyler Ramchuk, the guest on episode four, better late than never. Tyler, I will talk to you tomorrow on Real Life. Yes, you will. Bye-bye. And there you have it. There's me and Tyler shooting the breeze. He's going to be my roommate for the next, well, I guess it's going to be a couple of days when we go off to Jasper this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Tyler and I always get along great, and I imagine this weekend is going to be another edition of our adventures together. From the road trip down to the shenanigans we get up to, to whatever happens on the ice, I am very, very much looking forward to hanging out with my dude, and I thank him for being here. And again. If you are one of those folks out there that think Tyler is very, very sexy, I want to know why. I want to know what makes him so sexy. You tell us, all right? My friends, it is my favorite time of the week on the podcast. It is the Arcadia Brewing Co. voicemail. Let's get to it. guys like this music? Because I do. Turn it down a little bit. Welcome to the voicemail. You guys left left so many clips. Welcome to the voicemail. (laughs) Alright. You got it. I got a link tree together. That was some feedback from last week. That is in the profile on my... Well, that is in my profile on both Twitter and Instagram. If you want to find the voicemail to participate, I'd love to hear from you. Got a bunch of clips this week. Let's get to them. Hey, Bag Milk. With the NHL All-Star Game coming up in a couple of weeks, I want to know who in Oilers Nation would do the best at the skill competition of fastest skater, hardest shot, and who would be able to score from the other end of the ice? Thanks. Mm. Mm. Who would be able to score with from the other end of the ice? I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Jay Downton. Jay plays hockey a lot. I think that he would probably have the aim together to make that work. I'm just guessing here. I don't know. Fastest skater, I'm taking it. There is no one that I see within the network that can out-hustle me. And Wait a minute. Who are you? A very, very fast, tiny girl. And that's what I'm saying. So 
Who can score from the other end? I'm going to say Jay. Fastest skater, me. And from the nation, who's got the hardest shot? I'm going to say Brownlee. I'm going to say Brownlee because he's got that old man strength. Don't tell him I say that. I'm very scared of him. Clip two. Hi, I would like to uh, start off by apologizing for my message with the last episode for uh, shattering everyone's eardrums Ah, there. Uh, Amber (laughs) Alert kind of went off on my phone as I started recording, and when I played it back, I didn't hear anything. Um, Obviously, you guys all heard the voicemail, though, so I apologize for that. We accept. Uh, With that being said, moving on to uh, what I was meaning to say, this is now going to be old news. Um, as far as the whole Leon and Matheson exchange goes, but I just wanted to give Leon a shout out for his leadership, um, in the whole situation. Cause to me, it seemed like Matheson was trying to fish for an angle, specifically goaltending being a problem. Um, so I just wanted to commend Leon for not throwing anyone under the bus as being a great leader in that regard. Uh, so hopefully we're turning things around here and let's go Oilers and keep up the good work, BM. Why are you so pissy? Well, like I said, two wins under the books, and the vibes are a whole lot better around here. I don't know what Jim was trying to do or if he had an agenda at all, but I'm glad it's behind us. And you know what? All of you, thank you. Shout out to all of you for buying the pissy tees. If there is one thing that you guys did, it was get on board with our pissy tees. There, that's me cheering for all of you. Got it? Good. Uh, again, I'm just happy that it's over with. I think that Leon handled it well, and I'm glad the Oilers responded with a couple of wins. Here's clip number three. Hey, Bag Milk. Hopefully the audio quality isn't junk. I'm feeling a little sick right now. But, Sound great. Um, the Oilers just won uh, against Calgary. Super mm. sweet game. Um, Cassian wasn't on the ice. Um, do you think a portion of the physicality that came from the rest of the team came from their subconscious realizing that they couldn't rely on somebody else or, you know, someone like him and Hyman, as an example, uh, to bring physicality to the table that night. Because um, as a general sense, I felt like the team was more there. They were attentive. They were in on puck battles. They were, uh, how do you say, they were checking a lot more. I, I I felt like it was like one of those beginning of the season games, you know, they were down in the first, I was upset, but I never felt like they were out of the game at any point in time. Um, so I was just kind of wondering, you know, Cassian as such being out, do you think that this has a new perspective for the team, uh, potentially on increasing their physicality? I think that the team just needs to be more physical in general. It drives me crazy that the Oilers don't have that all-for-one mentality. We've talked about this on Real Life. We've talked about it on this podcast. I just wish that the Oilers, if anything happened to any of the guys, that everybody's in the pile. I'm not saying that everybody needs to fight, but just, man, I'd love to get it. I'd love to see everybody get in there. A good example of what I'm talking about is last night against Vancouver. I know that voicemail is a little uh, a little bit old at this point, but last night against Vancouver... There was a time when Oliver Ekman Larson took a shot at Connor. I don't remember exactly what happened, but Nugent Hopkins, without hesitation, jumped in there. Nugent isn't a scrapper, although he will drop the mitts and he will feed you your lunch money if you give him the opportunity. I just like to see him jump in the pile. So I think that the Oilers could do well with having more of that, and I'm hoping that continues whether or not Cassian is actually in the lineup. Hello, Mr. Milk. Anita Hardcock <laughs> of the Edmonton Examiner. 
Now that Brad Stapenko is turning 40 on February 2nd, oh, is birthday. his career as an exotic dancer and a male prostitute over? Never. We all know age discrimination is a thing. How do you feel it, it will affect him selling ass on street corners? Is he the Kyle Turris? Too soft and unable to finish? Or the Mike Smith of Lone <laughs> Pipe? Old, very reliable, and a bit of a psycho. <laughs> I'm going to say, Brad, happy early birthday. Don't ever, don't ever let anybody stand in your way of being a, you know, an adult star, if you will. Aged out? Absolutely not. You know who Blue Iris is? If you know who Blue Iris is, you already know what I'm talking about. Baba Booey. Now, if you don't know who that is, you can look that up on your own time. I'm not going to go any further than that. What's up next? Hola, mama chita milka. Anita dica. Edmonton Spanish Examiner. <laughs> si tuviero che acerlo, preferire intercambiar con Normic David Oleondra Isiatle. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that said. No, uh, you guys are the best. What is your take on the quality of our dressing room right now? What do you know. think the chemistry is like? Oh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I thought you were talking about the physical attributes of the dressing room. For all I know is it's supposed to be pretty nice. I've never been in there. As for what the relationships are like within the dressing room, that is a very, very good question. I have no idea. I like to think that everybody's tight, but again, I don't know. I'm not in there. So what I would say there is this team needs a good line brawl. They need something or maybe a heist. Follow me down the rabbit hill. So we've got Connor McDavid and we've got Leon Dreisaitl. They're both wearing coveralls. They both walk into a hotel. They have a fake purchase order, but they have very official looking coveralls. One says Clyde, one says Roger. They show it to the person at the front desk. They say, excuse me, this is a purchase order to have me come fix your ice maker here at the hotel. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize it was broken. And they say, well, it is. And we're telling you that it is. This is the purchase order. This is why you need to believe us. And they say, oh, well, then as you were, please do your work, kind sirs. And then there you have it. Connor and Leon roll out the ice maker out the front door of the hotel and into the back of an awaiting truck driven by Darnell Nurse with Leon, uh, with uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the passenger seat as a lookout. Now you've got four core members all in on this heist. Where do they take the ice machine? They take it to a party. Somewhere there, they're serving up cool drinks, cool cocktails, or just something delicious, like a soft drink with a little bit of ice in that. Who doesn't have a good time with that? Right? Right. Bag milk. Give us a player from the last, not including the 2020s, because we're not over with them yet, but let's say from 1990 till 2020, a player from each decade that you liked the most. Um, it can be literally anyone from a reserve that rarely plays to, uh, a Ryan Smith that everyone just adored for years and years. Uh, from the nineties. So I was born in 85. I'm, I'm 36. So from the nineties, when I first think of my first growing up and falling in love with hockey, my favorite hockey player when I was younger was Pavel Burry. So I would take him from the nineties. 
um, just because he was my favorite. I loved the way he wheeled. I loved his hands. I loved his moves. If you're old enough, you probably remember his little, his, his little one where he's in a breakaway and he kicked it up to his stick and in. At the time, nobody was doing that shit. So from there, I would say Pavel Bure from the 2000s, I'd go ahead with Ryan Smith loved him. He was one of the people that turned me into a lifelong Oilers fan. The way he played, the way he grinded, the way he would score goals off his face. I loved all that shit. Ryan Smith would get my vote there. Um, in the 2010s, pff, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. How can I not? I'm always on brand, baby. I'm always on brand. So now here we are in 2022. So I need one from the 2020s. And I just say Connor and Leon as one, perhaps even put them together, stacked on top of each other with a giant uh, trench coat of some kind. Could we do something like that? That's what I'd like. Clip eight. Hey, dude, loving the podcast so far. You've had some amazing guests, uh, mm-hmm. Tyler, notwithstanding. Oh, how dare you. But who is be your uh, absolute dream guest? And why is it Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Should we start a letter writing campaign to the Oilers to get Nuge on this podcast? That needs to happen. Let's go, baby. Could you imagine? If also, ne- uh, what would you ask him? What's the one burning question you want to ask the Nuge? You know what? I would love to talk to Nuge, but at the same point, I bet he thinks I'm a complete weirdo. You know, based on the keep Nuge forever stuff, based on the shtick I've had going on for a decade now, he probably thinks I'm a complete psychopath. And that's only partially true. Maybe, you know? I'll sneak up on you if you let me. Um, but what would I ask him? I'd love to know more about his interest in his outside interests, like horses. I know that comes from uh, hanging out with his grandparents, I believe, when he was younger, or his dad. I don't remember the exact story, but I'd love to know why he got into horses. Ryan Nugent Hopkins stables. I'd love to know about that. I'd love to know about what actually kept him in Edmonton forever. I'd love to know how aware he is of everything that we're doing at Oilers Nation, specifically when it comes to him. I'd love to know all of that. If he was actually going to give me an honest interview and sit down and we could bullshit for a little bit, I'd like to know about what else he does. Is he also offended by the price of cheese? Like, I mean, the guy signed now at this point, he's got contracts worth about a hundred million bucks, but that don't mean that you don't get offended by the price of cheese. You heard Tyler, he talked about pepperoni sticks, talked about fresh fruit. What about the price of cheese? What about the price of cheese? As for my dream guest, I don't even know. I haven't thought that far ahead. To be honest, this podcast, now that it's four episodes old, this is as far as I kind of thought it would go. So I'll have to put together a list of things that I want to do as guests. I want to have my friends on. I think it'd be funny just to have my buddy Mark on. You, nobody wouldn't have any idea who he is, but he and I have been roommates when we were backpacking in Southeast Asia and in Australia. He's got weird stories all the time, so it'd be fun to talk to. I'd like to talk to Reed Wilkins from Ched. Always love talking to that guy. I'd love to talk to Ryder from Play 107, Lisa, Grant from Cruise, Lachlan from Cruise, a bunch of the media around here. I'd love Struds to jump on. I'm going to get Brownlee to jump on at some point. So I've got a bunch of local guests uh, in terms of people that I'm interested in talking to. But a dream guest? I don't know. Can I talk to Tom DeLong about Blink-182 riffs that I loved when I was a kid and the reason I started playing guitar was because of him? Or can I talk to him about aliens and be like, dude... I get the aliens thing, but like, I just want to see you play first date, you know? I don't think that's unfair. It's a good question though. If you've got potential guests you'd like me to have, hit me up. JSBM Bag Milk on Twitter. Hi, my name is Bag Milk on Instagram. Last clip from the voicemail. What's going on, Bag Milk? 
always been curious what your real name is. Uh, I have it's like a Oilers take slash question. I'm recording this on Tuesday, January 25th. So they play the Canucks tonight. So you guys will have a better idea tomorrow, depending on the outcome tonight. But it feels like the Oilers are in a weird state right now where every game matters, not just because of playoff implications, but because if they lose tonight, are the Oilers just back to square one where they were before the Calgary Flames? Are they pretty much still on that fire tippet? Is he on a game-to-game basis right now? I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are on if we lose to Vancouver. Like, Does that put Edmonton back at square one with where we were at before? Only, also, just only, wanted to say, really like your guys' uh, fan engagement with Oilers Nation Radio and uh, how much you guys get questions on the air and stuff like that. It's awesome. Keep up the good work, guys. See you later. Only, it's only game. Why do you have to be mad? Of course you're not mad, because I, too, was worried about what would happen if the Oilers lost to the Canucks last night. And up until the third period, it was looking like it was going to go that way, wasn't it? But would it put that back to square one? I don't necessarily think that that's true. I don't think that a coaching uh, change was necessarily in the cards anyway. I think that uh, Ken Holland is going to be a lot more um, patient or slow-moving than a lot of us would like him to be. But would that be back at square one? I don't know. But the good news is, is that they won. They beat Vancouver. Two resilient wins in a week. Calgary, Vancouver, both Pacific playoff opponents, or uh, Pacific Division opponents, I should say. Uh, neither of them are making the playoffs, let's be honest. Well, Calgary might. Hate to, I hate to say it, but, you know. Square one? I don't think so. It would have pissed everybody off, though. The Canucks were deeply shorthanded last night. They were playing their third or fourth string goalie. Fourth string, I, th- I think. So, square one, no. But would people have been very, very upset either way? Yes, they would have. We would have just been like nonstop. <laughs> That's all you would have heard. That's all you would have heard from the fan base. Boo! <laughs> everybody would be booing. Everybody would be booing and everybody would be upset and everybody would be cranky. So, the good news is that that didn't happen. The Oilers won two in a row. They've got a big week. I talked about it with Tyler earlier. Nashville tomorrow. That's Thursday. That's a winnable game, baby. Oilers are firing against Nashville. Leon keeps scoring against Nashville. I believe in them, baby. And then from there, we got Montreal on Saturday. I'm going to be gunned when that game's going on. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be in Jasper. I'm going to be absolutely gunned. But I'm excited about it. That's a winnable game. Montreal sucks. The Ottawa Senators game, also winnable. They just lost their best player, as, again, I mentioned with Tyler earlier. So I'm just looking forward to it. I'm really excited about what's coming, and here's hoping that the Oilers can make up some of the ground they lost in those losing streaks with this little run of games they've got coming up. That's it for the voicemail. If you want to leave me a voicemail, you're allowed to do that. Check out the link tree in my Twitter and Instagram account. I will have it also on the website when this goes up on there shortly after I'm done recording, provided that I don't lose everything. So thank you guys again for leaving the messages. I appreciate all of you. Keep leaving them. My favorite part of the podcast is the voicemails, and I always very much look forward to it. With that, I see that we're at a minute or an hour and 20 minutes. This is later than I expected to go this week, but Tyler's great. Love the guy. Can't wait to spend the weekend with him. And thank you guys so, so much for being here again, following me through on this journey with this new podcast. I'm going to be back again next week. Well, who knows? Maybe if there's an Evander Kane announcement tomorrow, I might have an emergency 
episode, a reaction episode of Better Late Than Never, but we'll see. As always, I want to thank our friends at Arcadia Brewing Co. Again, I went there over the weekend. Delicious, cool little spot. I encourage you to go check them out. They are great people. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Arcadia Brewing Co. Or check out all the updates on their website at Arcadia Yeg. That is Arcadia Y-E-G. And I want to thank them. I want to thank you guys. If you could do me a favor, though, leave more reviews. I see that it's got some reviews coming in on Apple Podcasts. Please leave those for me. Please submit your your feedback. I want to know how I'm doing. Let's make this podcast something a little bit bigger than it is already, even though, to be honest, the numbers are very, very good. And that is all a credit to you. Well, hopefully, a little bit of Pat McAfee money coming my way as this all moves forward as well. Until then, though, I want to say thank you. Please subscribe. Please share. Please keep submitting your questions and your voicemails. I want to play more. Ideally, I'd like to do a full hour episode where it's just you guys driving the conversation, but we need to get more voicemails coming in. Again, the link tree is in my profile on Twitter and Instagram. Until next week, it's better late than never. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.